0: The Judge Business School's Cambridge Leadership Seminar Series podcasts. Bill Janeway, you basically talk about the need for financial economics to be regarded as a social science, not a branch of physics. Why is that?
1: Because human beings aren't molecules, to put it very succinctly. Human beings know, not only do live, but know that they live in a world that moves through time into an unknowable future the processes that generate the data that are analyzed by economists analyzed by financial practitioners the processes that generate that data are not stationary they're not the same as, they're not of the same quality as the physical processes that natural scientists observe it's not just that they're complicated above all it's because human beings observe each other's behavior as molecules do not and adjust their own accordingly which creates a kind of uncertainty that does not exist in the physical world.
0: Because you refer to to financial economics as being an engine, not a camera. Can you just explain what you mean by that?
1: Well, the phrase actually is the title of a remarkable book by a remarkable scholar, uh, Donald McKenzie at the University of Edinburgh. And what he meant by that uh, term was that finance theory, as it evolved over the last 40 years, was not a camera capturing how the markets work, but rather an engine for transforming how they work from the pricing of options in Chicago in the famous Black-Scholes equation through the construction of these astoundingly complex derivative structures known as collateralized debt obligations squared.
0: Do you think that the person in the high street has a right to feel let down at the current time by financial economics. Has the efficient market hypothesis let us down?
1: Yes, I do. I do. I think that we have decoupled the behavior of the institutions on which we depend. We depend for them to hold our assets. We depend uh, on them to lend us the credit necessary uh, in order to buy and sell in the world beyond the financial markets. Look, We should have been able to rely on their assessment of the actual cash flows, the cash flows of borrowers that would be used to repay the debts lent to them, the cash flows of lenders that would provide continuity in their ability to perform their economic functions.
0: I know other commentators have been told off when they've asked this question because we have to get through the crisis first apparently, but what do you think went wrong?
1: I think that a very large number of people frankly drank the Kool-Aid. They drank the Kool-Aid generated by successive waves of very, very, very smart theorists. The core was the notion that those the, that uncertainty, that ignorance we have of the future, could be reduced to a statistical measure, the statistical volatility, the ups and downs of a time series, a uh, history of the prices of securities, projected forward as if it would be stable and reliable as a guide to pricing, to valuation, To risk management. The practitioners in the market, the traders and managers in the banks drank that Kool-Aid. The regulators drank that Kool-Aid when they said to the banks, you decide how much capital you need. You use your internal models uh, in order to determine how much cash you have to hold back uh, against uh, loss. Uh, And then it was also uh, drunk by the rating agencies, who became co-conspirators, if you like, in the construction of this extraordinary and unsustainable mountain of leverage, mountain of derivative debt.
0: So why didn't people warn us? Why wasn't it predicted? And what can be done now if you're a small business?
1: Well, those are two very different questions. First, I think it is the case that there were people, they were on the margin, they were outliers uh, in the economics profession, amongst uh, market participants. Probably the most um, visible, recognizable of them was Warren Buffett. It's years ago that Warren Buffett referred to derivatives as, quote, engines of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction, I should say. Um, and uh, but. I suppose you could say too much money was being made. Um, it did seem to be a, a self-confirming theory. If all people believed as if they be- uh, behaved as if they believed in these doctrines, then the world would continue. This, the, the testimony before Congress, of the former once-renowned chairman of the, new U- of the U.S. Federal Reserve, Alan Greenspan, is an exercise in pathos of a true believer whose faith has been undermined by reality, but it also stands for, I think, the shattered faith of many, many, many other people, men and women, in the profession and around the profession. The second question, uh, what do small business people, proprietors of business do today, is a different and, 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 and a harder question. There's no doubt that uh, help must come from the public sector. That the provision, not just of credit, but of actual cash demand for jobs and goods and services to keep the cash flowing through the non-financial economy in the US, in Europe, in Japan, in China, as the Chinese government has announced, is essential. Uh, There is also no doubt that, like all business people, this will be a time of forced retrenchment. In fact, one may say for all people, virtually, householders as well as as, as business people, working people, as well as employers. Uh, we are now in a period of hard times.
0: Does that mean if I was thinking I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to set up a business now, I'm a young person, I'm an older person, don't do it.
1: Well, it's very hard to do that without being able to get credit and right now credit is being withdrawn, even from established businesses. This is a very difficult time to start a new business. Uh, I do want to make one... uh, I want to emphasize one point, though. This is a world-class historical financial crisis, and it is having, as it should be, have been expected to have, real economic consequences. But it is very important to underline, but this is not the lead-in to a second Great Depression, such as, in particular, the United States, much of Europe, uh, much of the developing world, the then developing world, went through in the 1930s, and which definitely affected Britain deeply, though much less than it affected many other countries. Uh, There are several reasons why... Uh, 1931, in quotation marks, which is what we're living in, does not have to become, and in my view, will not become, 1933. Uh, The first reason is simply that the scale of the public sector uh, and its ability to continue to maintain cash flows through the system, uh, both for uh, purchases of goods and services, but also for the provision of pensions, for the uh, provisions of, of other social benefits, is enormously greater, enormously more significant today than it was 75 years ago. That provides a cushion that will limit the contraction in the private sector. Uh, the second reason, as as we've seen, today the central banks, the financial authorities, and in most cases the treasuries, the governments of the affected countries have been active and aggressive in responding to the crisis. This was not the case 75 years ago. So that is another important and positive factor.
0: Have you enjoyed your career in investment banking and venture capital? I mean, is this just another problem that that you have to grapple with? Bill well,
1: well, you know, they, they they say that the secret of, of life is to find what you're good at and what you enjoy doing and then hope that the two overlap, at least to some extent. And I do have to say that uh, having uh, ha- having having left Cambridge in 71, uh, not to pursue an academic career, but to enter the world of practical finance, uh, discovering the entrepreneurial economy, and in particular, the technologically driven innovative entrepreneurial economy, which I did in the 1970s, um, was enormously uh, stimulating, enthralling, engaging. Although, I have to add, the partner with whom I've worked most closely for the last 20 years uh, is a reformed physicist. If I'm a reformed economist, he's a reformed physicist. And uh, Dr. Henry Chrissell, uh one of the inventors of semiconductor lasers that enabled uh, uh, fiber optics uh, to function, the internet to work. Uh, Henry uh, Cressel says there's only one law of venture capital and that is grief is a constant. There will always be a problem that keeps you up at night and causes stress uh, to the extreme, but you do uh, get through those problems and then you're on the frontier where innovation is is changing the world and that's a very exciting place to be.
0: So if we have the last question bringing us back to the first, would we be in a better situation today globally if uh, financial economics had been physics?
1: (laughs) Well, if we were all molecules, we wouldn't care, would we?
0: Thank you very much indeed for talking to us today, Bill Janeway, in the Judge Business School's Cambridge Leadership Seminar Series podcast.
1: Thank you very much.